What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Across Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demoing here with y'all. As always, come to y'all here from Louisville, Kentucky on July 20th, Wednesday, July 20th. And have had a bit of a lacrosse news day here as Chad, uh, on the coaching front, Chad Sutherman has been officially announced as uh, an assistant coach at Manhattan. And then Scott Beta, who we had talked about uh, getting hired at Michigan, that was became official. Uh, school announced it today as well. Uh, Chad Sutherman, the you know, big news today, uh, you know, had been kind of reported last week, I believe, after he, uh, about a week after he had left Moser, uh, that he would be joining Manhattan. Uh, it, it, it is made official uh, today that he does so. So uh, John O'Diona has his inaugural staff set there at Manhattan. Doug Sage staying on as the uh, offensive coordinator, I believe he was, um, and then would assume that Chad Sutherman takes over um, there as the defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, as mentioned, Sutherman, the head coach at Moser, for two years prior, had been at Moser for seven years. Uh, the last two is the head coach, obviously, and, uh, you know, didn't have the best of luck as, as the head coach, but uh, had some pretty talented Moser teams there. Um, didn't you know quite pan out like some people might have thought thought it would have. Um, went ten and eight during his two seasons at the helm. Four and seven in SoCon play. They went five and ten last season. Two and three in SoCon play. Uh, had some injuries there, especially Ashton Wood at the faceoff dot that that hindered them for a good portion of this season there, so we'll see what he does now here at Manhattan, uh, putting a plate at Salisbury, and I believe it was a uh, volunteer assistant there, if I'm not mistaken, um, to start his career. Uh, maybe mistaken on that, but I know he did play at Salisbury. The other piece of news coming out of today is on the conference realignment front. Merrimack, literally just about 15 minutes ago, has been announced uh, that they will be joining the America East for the 2023 and 2024 seasons. So now the America East looks like this. Albany, Binghamton, Bryant, UMBC, UMass Lowell, Merrimack, NJIT, and Vermont. They move with uh, Bryant, obviously, to the America East being the other NEC team that has moved to that conference after the NEC uh, shut down its sponsorship of men's lacrosse. But from the way they they talked about it, you know, for me, it seems like the, the NEC does want to continue to have NEC lacrosse. Um, but obviously, at the moment, Sacred Heart, Merrimack, LIU, Wagner, 
the only three teams that are in that conference um, for anything outside of football, uh, outside of, uh, excuse me, not football, uh, lacrosse. Hobart was a member for just lacrosse, um, as was St. Joseph's. And St. Joe's is going with their home conference to the A-10, and Hobart is following them there. Um, so the NEC is, uh, no, they will need to add some some teams if they do want to get it back. Um, hopefully we see it come back. I think that would be good for the game. Always want to see more teams come into the fold. But we'll see how Merrimack does here in the America East. They still have, I believe, one year left on their uh, ineligible for uh, postseason play. Yeah, okay, so 2023 is this season. This is the last year of the postseason ban. Stupidest rule ever. Move up a division, you can't play postseason. Um, some conferences don't have that rule. The America East has that rule. The NEC has that rule, and it's an NCAA rule. Um, I know there's some push to getting it changed uh, here. has been some push here. I know at least by the uh, Ted Gumbert, the ASUN commissioner, I think, has put forth some NCAA legislation, uh, proposed some uh, to possibly get that removed. Um, just doesn't make sense to punish the players for something that uh, guys in suits and ties made happen is the the, the theory behind that. So, uh, you know, but, but that's the situation that Merrimack finds themselves in here in 2023, uh, 24, they will be able to compete in the America East postseason. Now, want to pivot here, staying on this conference realignment stuff, but uh, want to pivot here towards some questions I've gotten um, about conference realignment. So, Obviously, you know, the, I'm going to start with this one. Um, what would happen with the ACC Big Ten lacrosse-wise in terms of conference realignment is the question here. And I really don't see anything happening um, outside of a couple scenarios. Obviously, we know USC, UCLA are going to the Big Ten. It would be fantastic to see those programs, at those schools add lacrosse. I think that would be fantastic. Um, and they'd be Big Ten lacrosse programs. Uh, that would be fantastic. It would give uh, Utah more games out west, Denver more games out west, Air Force more games out west. It would be fantastic. It would be awesome. Um, I mean, you Imagine playing lacrosse. I don't know if they'd play it in the Coliseum, but imagine playing lacrosse in the Coliseum, uh, which I believe the 1923, uh, whenever the last lacrosse Olympics happened, like in the Coliseum, uh, I mean, that would be fantastic to see USC, UCLA play lacrosse. And the growth of the game in California has been huge. And there's a lot of talent, a lot of Division One talent coming out of uh, California right now. And... These next couple of classes, uh, these past few classes, have been really, really good uh, in terms of California talent and, and West Coast talent in general. We, we, 
a lot of talk about Oregon this past season with guys like Sam Hanley uh, coming out of there. Uh, that would be huge to get two major West Coast brands uh, in college lacrosse in the Division One landscape. That would be fantastic. Um, however, like I don't know with Title IX and all of that, how that would work for those programs. I'd have to look more in depth at what those situations are. Um, a lot of times it is a Title IX thing where you have to add a women's program and then a men's program um, to do that. Um, and, and most that's why most of these programs out West have women's lacrosse, but no men's lacrosse. Um, you know, it, it, it's an unfortunate situation, but um, it is what it is. And I, I don't see that changing anytime soon where you're going to be able to add lacrosse. And I mean, look, I know obviously lacrosse is not front center of, you know, these ADs at USC, UCLA, Texas, any of these schools, Alabama, that lacrosse is not front and center. Like we need to add lacrosse. Like those people at those, at those programs involved in those universities, that would, that would go for it. Um, Utah went for it, you know, Um, Michigan went for it a bit, a bit longer ago, but they went for it. Um, you know, there are programs, there are conf- teams that would do that, um, schools that would do that if they could. Um, now, would how much would they invest in it? I think that's up for debate. Um, but, like, it, it, I don't think – I'm not one of these people that, people that thinks, like, necessarily all these big schools are opposed to it. Might be some that you'd say, eh, doesn't really make sense to do it right now. You can understand that, but I think in the long run, um, when you look at it, a lot of these schools probably would do it if they could, um, and, a, and a lot of it with lacrosse still being a northeastern heavy sport, even though we are growing down here in the south, out west, is you know we want to get some more of those northeast kids coming down here. And no, no, that's that. That's a reason you do it. Uh, th- there's a number of reasons that that you add lacrosse um, that universities would love to have. And I mean, you've seen a lot of smaller southern schools, like like, like a High Point, um, a Richmond, a Bellarmine, Mercer, adding lacrosse. These the, the smaller private schools. Now, I, I would say that uh, Jacksonville. That that's a variety of a mixture of the types of universities that they are um, and a variety of size of universities and academic prestige of universities as well. Um, but, you know, it, 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 those schools added lacrosse for a reason. And, you know, some of those reasons would be maybe similar or same as why a USC or UCLA would add lacrosse. Now, obviously, it's a bit different being a Pac-12 future Big Ten school. You're a Power 5 school. That's a bit different. Um, so USC, UCLA coming into the Big Ten, I would love to see them at lacrosse. I don't think it's a realistic op- option right now, um, but I do think, like, I wouldn't leave that off the table. Like, just every night, pray for it, and, and maybe eventually it'll happen. I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think, you know, when you're talking about the Big Ten, there's obviously the the lure of Notre Dame coming into the Big Ten. And Notre Dame in the Big Ten does make a bit more sense than it does with 
the ACC. I don't see Notre Dame going to the Big Ten. I think it was a, a few days ago, maybe a week ago, it was reported that Notre Dame is um, in new negotiations with NBC to remain independent. I don't know. Um, so if Notre Dame does go from independent to a conference in football, Big Ten would make sense. Now, there is that clause in the contract. Remember in football, they were in the ACC in 2020. There's that clause in the contract when they did that that I can't remember the exact year. Um, let me look this up real quick. The exact year. Um, okay. That they can join a conference other than the ACC. So here's this. Uh, ESPN's, con- this is from e- uh, Sporting News. ESPN's contract with the ACC runs through 2036. That grant of rights deal includes language that if the Irish choose to join a conference in football before the 2036 season, they are contractually obligated to join the ACC. Now, could they get out of that contract? They have enough money to do so. Um, It'd be messy, but they have enough money to do so. But in terms of the Big Ten, at the moment, in terms of what that, that future is going to look like, I think a Notre Dame edition uh, or a USC-UCLA adding lacrosse are, are, are two things that people are really looking at hard. Um, also, if the ACC goes awry, Notre Dame and Duke, um, but now if the ACC goes awry, Notre Dame's deal is obviously void, and they could go to the Big Ten. Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, the Big Ten loves to tout their academic reputation. We don't just care about football up here. Um, and, you know, kind of make fun of that, make fun of them for that a little bit down here, but it's okay. Um, you know, uh, great schools up there in the Big Ten, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, um, and so Notre Dame would make sense there as well academically, but also would North Carolina, Duke, and Virginia. If the Big Ten wanted to dip into the South, those are the schools they I, I think they would go get, and that would obviously be huge for lacrosse. That would be fantastic for, for, for Big Ten lacrosse. Those are some of the uh, biggest brands in college lacrosse. Virginia has won multiple national championships. So has North Carolina. So has Duke. I mean, these are some of the biggest brands in college lacrosse. they atop the recruiting rankings almost every year. These are fantastic teams that every year we expect to be fighting for a chance to go to the NCAA tournament to make it to championship weekend. This past year, withstanding, um, you know, Virginia really the only good, uh, not I, I don't want to say the only good ACC team, but the only NCAA tournament picked ACC team, uh, Notre Dame. Obviously, we can debate that all, all day long, but um, – those three schools make sense for the Big Ten. So, like, that's the only kind of thing I can see here with that. And and obviously, Maryland's in that conference as well. Rutgers, you know, two good lacrosse programs. Uh, Maryland, a historic boy blood. Rutgers has really increased their competition the past couple of seasons, really since 2016, I would say. Now, with the ACC... 
So the ACC stays together. If that happens, the ACC stays together. Well, cost-wise, I don't really know what they're going to do. Um, they got rid of their conference tournament. They don't have the auto bid. They're just kind of there. They have great teams. They have great coaches. They have great players. But they're just kind of there. Um, they're a power conference in college across with no AQ, which it, it's it's weird for like outsiders who don't follow across. And you're like, oh, yeah, the ACC like, doesn't have an AQ. But, you know, they have teams in championship weekend practically every year, teams winning the title every other year. It doesn't make sense to outsiders. Um, so the ACC needs to add somebody. Now, would the Georgia Tech come back? Would North NC State come back? Virginia Tech add. Louisville add. Florida State, Miami. Those are the programs I'd look at Boston College bring it back. That's the only thing I see with that, with the ACC, if they do want to remain. Now, there is a situation where the ACC could add some teams for football reasons. Now, I, I don't really see any of those teams as possibly being um, lacrosse schools. Like, I don't, you know, if they were to go add, I don't know, um, a Liberty or somebody like that. I, I don't like, like that's not a lacrosse school. So like, I don't, I don't know what the ACC is going to do. They're, they're kind of stuck lacrosse wise, as I look at it, um, in terms of conference realignment. And I don't, I don't think they want to bring in affiliate members. I know big 10 did it with Hopkins and they do it in hockey with Notre Dame. Like, those are really the only two exceptions I can't even think of that the Big Ten does that. I'm not sure the ACC would do that. Um, you know? So, you know, that that would be, you know, like, you know, bring in Jacksonville. Like, really? High point? Like, come on. Like, I don't I, – that's just not going to happen. It, it's not going to happen. So the ACC, the only thing for me that I see is them adding teams. Now, we got to get some of these ACC teams. If you want a Power 5 school to add with us, it needs to be them. Um, I'm sitting 15 minutes down the street from a beautiful lacrosse facility at Louisville. Why you can't add men's is a Title IX issue, unfortunately. Been contacted about it. They can't add it. Can't do it. Money's not there. Don't have the numbers. Title IX issue, unfortunately. It's the, uh, you know, sounds all good and dandy. It is. Then you run into issues like this. And that's where the issue of Title IX is a negative in, in my mind, um, but certainly a positive in many, many other areas. So that's a issue with most of the ACC teams. And like... You know, those those schools I mentioned, NC State, Boston College, would probably be the two most likely. Georgia Tech, I think, would be a good addition. Louisville would be the the, the, the next obvious one. I, I I can't really think of any other ones. Virginia Tech, I know there was 
back in the day, there was some talk of move the club team to D1, and it never went through. I would love to see that. So probably alignment ACC Big Ten is is really up in the air. We're going to have to see how it folds. Now, this other question here, which teams do you think are going to benefit the most from conference realignment this past wave that we've just finished today? So I'm actually working on a piece here that will be coming out in about a week or so, uh, a couple days, in terms of some of the more intriguing teams in the new conferences to kind of keep an eye on. I think Jacksonville, and I've mentioned this before, Jacksonville is certainly one of them. They're going to come in. They're going to be the class of the ASUN right away with the roster they have. I think Stony Brook and the CAA is very, very intriguing. And, you know, that's a conference that every year is, you know, it's, it's, it's the crazy athletic association. Um, and, and to get Stony Brook in there, you have Drexel, you have Hofstra, you have Towson. Now you have Monmouth in there as well as Stony Brook and, and Hampton has hopped on board as well. That is a very, very interesting group. And that's going to be a competitive conference. Now you you lose UMass, obviously, um, a, a, as they move to the Atlantic 10 as well as Fairfield. So you do lose those two schools, but... I think this new CAA is going to be very intriguing. It, it might be uh, continue to still be maybe the second, uh, third best mid-major conference um, or, or one of the top two mid-major conferences in college across along with the America East. So, so, I mean, Stony Brook, number one there in my mind, and they've been pretty good uh, the past couple of seasons. Um, in terms of the Mac. I am very, you know, I. Th- th- this is a conference that's not really, it- it's been one of the lower conferences in college class. They've had some really good teams come out of there. Uh, Marist has had some good teams in Manhattan in, in the past couple of seasons. I- I- I'm really interested in, 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 and this might sound crazy here, but with VMI and what VMI can do in the, Mac. Uh, they are a team that's been more defensive heavy in recent years, and the Mac is a conference that uh, tends to skew towards um, lesser offense and, and maybe some better defenses in terms of statistically. Um, so I, I and and we know like VMI had success in the Mac when they were in the conference back in it was like two thousand three to two thousand thirteen, I believe it was. They had some success there. And look, the cadets, uh, they made their uh, SOCON tournament debut the last season of that, uh, of the SOCON. So, I mean, I'm interested to see that they come into this MAC, and, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see if they can continue the improvements they've seen here over the past two years of the James Papilla era, and if they continue to see those here in 2023, um, I think it should be a, I, I don't know, it, 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 I don't want to say it's an easier schedule with, with, with the likes of, you know, Marist, uh, uh, Canisius, uh, Mount St. Mary's hopping in there, Quinnipiac, Siena, Manhattan, already there, 
Um, I don't want to say that's an easier schedule than what you had in the SoCon, but uh, you know, you, so you don't have to deal with Jacksonville. You don't have to deal with High Point. Um, now they still may play those teams non-conference wise, but at least in conference, you don't have to deal with those teams anymore. And and those were kind of uh, you know always the top two teams in the conference. Richmond, uh, another one there. Uh, I would assume they continue to play Richmond, being the in-state game there. But you know what they do in conference, I I think should be interesting. Uh, it, in that regard, so you know, those two, th- those three teams, kind of right off the bat, that that, that I just think of Jacksonville, VMI, Stony Brook as like intriguing as they move into the next conference. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at. There, I don't know if there's any team that I would say benefits the most or, or benefits more than other than another team, and like maybe if it was a smaller, um, smaller conference realignment slate, that would be the case. Um, I, I will say, though, the America, the Atlantic 10, that's, that's going to be fun. Richmond, St. Joe's, St. Bonaventure, UMass, full-time members of that conference, Fairfield, High Point, Hobart, like, that's, that's going to be that's gonna be fun. That That's going to be fun. I have no clue who's going to win that. Um, Richmond, St. Joseph's, I would assume maybe are the um, – the favorites coming into the season. St. Bonaventure loses some pieces, certainly. Um, there with uh, J- uh, Jackson Rose and with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the goalie, whose name is escaping me. Cannot believe this. Um, and, and then UMass obviously being a, 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 a power, New England power that's kind of always been there. So we'll see what happens there with the Atlantic 10. Um Last question here before we get out of here, and we'll do this real quick. Syracuse, do you think the transfer portal additions are going to work? Um, look, Syracuse, I think, had a, a, a really bad season last year, right? And um, you go and you get the guys that you got, and I, I think they've done a pretty good job in the portal this season. I would put them as one of the as one of the winners, obviously. Alex Simmons, Cole Coast at attack. Though that's a that's a really good duo. That's one of the better duos maybe in the ACC in terms of a transfer addition, um, and, and certainly could be one of the better duos in the ACC this season. I think Syracuse potentially could be. Um, a, a, like I think I think they will be a lot better than they were last season. No doubt about it. Um, and then you talk about the, the, the freshman they have coming in there, Joey Spelina, uh, obviously the headliner there and what he does on the offensive end there uh, for the Orange, the guys they have coming back. I mean, this is going to be a, a, a pretty good offense, I think, just with those guys they, they add in. But then you add in the guys that they get back. And, you know, that is a, a, a very intriguing offense that Syracuse could deploy here in 2023. And then obviously, you know, we know of who they will get back, uh, who, who didn't play last season, um, but Owen Hiltz will be back as well. So, I mean, that's a guy who I guess will be a redshirt sophomore um, this season. Will, uh, you know, ha- had a fantastic freshman season out 
for with an injury last year. We'll see what he does and, and what these 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 freshmen do, uh how the impact that freshman class on the offense as well. Um now I, I think maybe, you know, uh where I'm even more intrigued about Syracuse in, in some regard is their defense. Uh they get a Jake Murphy in there, grad transfer from LIU, and then they also get Will Mark, uh the goalie from LIU, uh coming in there as well. Uh, Johnny, and, and then also the um, Division Three transfer Joe Boa uh, out of Kenya, another defensive midfielder. I think that D mid unit is going to be pretty good. Um, and then you know, in Cage, I think they can they can find an answer there. Like they haven't had good goalie play since Drake Porter. I think Will Mark can come in and be kind of the answer they've been looking for. Um, and then in terms of the faceoff dot. I, I you know I, I want to see Johnny Macusa in there with Syracuse against that against that talent first, uh, but I'm confident he can be a pretty good piece of that Syracuse uh, face-off room and, and could be the starter uh, on, on day one uh, for the Orange. So I think Syracuse has done a really good job in the portal. I think they've addressed issues that they need to address, and they've gotten good talent. Um, especially out Simmons, Cold Coast, those two guys are unbelievable players. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I think they can be a lot better, and I think the transfer portal additions they've made are going to be impact players here in 2023 for Gary Gates' squad. All right, folks, that is it for today's episode. As always, thank you all for tuning in. You can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, LacrosseBucket.com where it's always lacrosse season.